welcome everyone to a new episode of the Transcript Podcast. You've got me, Scott Krisloff. I'm editor of the Transcript, along with Eric Mokaya, who's our lead author. We sent out a new issue of the newsletter yesterday. And I think the most striking thing to me about last week was that there was a chorus of Fed officials who came out and all were pushing the same pretty hawkish, restricted message. Uh, I think really just trying to prepare markets for potentially a 75, another 75 basis point increase in interest rates in next week. I think markets were selling off hard after Jackson Hole and have had some rebound. Maybe people are starting to think that the Fed's tightening is priced in and that a big increase will allow the Fed to pause for a little bit longer. But markets have rebounded and it'll be interesting to see how monetary authorities are thinking about things going forward. Eric, any thoughts? Yeah, a quick one. I think uh, I should tell you the speech by Governor last week about the economy and how it's doing. Let me read to you the title and then you'll actually laugh at it. It's called The Economic Outlook, Time to Let the Data Do the Talking. <laughs> so it's, I, that is surprising because the Fed has been saying that they're data driven. So this was a bit surprising for me to hear that they're actually now finally letting data do the talking. But of course, like what he said is clearly that one, that inflation is too high. They don't like it and they're definitely going to tighten. And I think it's a reiteration of the message that uh, the Fed's chair said a couple of weeks ago. Hey, until the job is done, we're not going to rely, we are going to relentlessly keep raising rates. So I think going into next week and into the next couple of think, Fed meetings, the expectation is for the Fed to keep raising rates. Any thoughts on that? Yeah, I think it's, if there is a 75 basis point increase, it'll bring Fed funds rate above the three level. First time in a very long time. It's psychologically that's starting to get to a moderately high interest rate, I feel, especially for this era. I, it'll be just interesting to see how the markets react to that. Certainly one thing that I'm noticing or really noticed strongly last week was again, this divergence between what the Fed is saying and trying to signal to the markets and the way that the market is reacting to the, what the Fed is saying. And when that happens, it typically doesn't end very well for markets. Typically, the Fed ends up getting its way, which is, of course, the don't fight the Fed mentality that, that people talk about. What else did you see last week, Eric, that we should talk about? So I think checking out the data, or at least from the consumer side of things, looks like things are okay. They struggled a bit. I think my quote of the week, I think, was mostly from the March Group CEO was saying that the consumers, they struggle a little bit, but they seem to have stabilized and they're okay right now. So things do seem okay from the consumer side of things. But I, I guess that would also factor into the, into the Fed's data that they're going to be looking at going into next week. And uh, something else that I've been noticing also the past couple of weeks, and I think I sent you a couple of links this week, was about the shift towards workwear. I think companies are also at the point where now they're having to really rethink what's their long-term strategy in terms of working from home and working from the office, what's the appropriate mix? And Gap was saying that there is a, a big shift towards workwear. So people are starting to buy clothes once again that are for the office. So it seems like for a lot of companies, what I see them emphasize is that we cannot, we cannot develop a good culture by people working from home. We need people at the office to interact, to develop and to kind of help like the company culture to be sustained and to grow forward. I think that's what I saw from a couple of companies, but of 
There's also other companies like Amazon that are also saying, okay, allow certain departments to work from home and other departments to work from their office. So I think we, until we find this appropriate mix that is best for the company as a whole. So I'm not so sure what you're seeing in this area of work from home and work from the office. And also maybe to add something on that also, uh, the issue of uh, e-commerce. E-commerce has shrunk a little bit, uh, especially this year. Uh, so I think a lot of companies that bet that e-commerce would be pulled uh, would actually do well and uh, would, would would significantly do well post-pandemic, but it seems to be reverting to slightly above pre-pandemic levels unexpectedly. And a lot of companies are having to adjust downwards. So we saw Etsy talk about a significant overinvestment in e-commerce, and this is a recording period for some of them. And now this is a reset year thing at Shopify. Any thoughts on those two things that I've talked about? Yeah, I think there were a few things, a few items that are worth teasing out in what you were saying. The first point I think was on the consumer and seeing that the data that we're picking up in earnings calls and presentations last week was that the consumer is still pretty strong and staying stable. This is actually, I think the only thing I really have to add to this is just anecdotally for me in the last couple of weeks, it does feel like things are slowing a little bit on the consumer side. Like I've gone to restaurants that for the last year and a half have been really hard to get a table and you just walk in and you're able to get in pretty easily. And then also just different recreational things around Los Angeles. It feels like it's easier to get in than it had been. So that was just, again, anecdotally something I was, I'm watching. The second part that you were talking about in terms of the apparel, I think that this is a big change. And this was interesting to me because it could be a leading indicator of people having to return to offices that you're going out and you're buying work clothes. And the anecdotal side of it is one, I have to actually travel to New York later this year. And I'm thinking like, I don't own any, any dress clothes anymore, like business casual. I don't do. And I'm like, if I'm going to take meetings in New York, you still have to, I think they do all business casual. It would be weird for me to just roll in my usual t-shirt and jeans. So I don't know. I may be one of those people having to buy work clothes. The second part of that, I think one thing I've noticed again, anecdotally is there's a lot of burnout out there among people. I think that we went through this massive societal calamity with the pandemic. And I think people worked really hard during the pandemic and had a whole lot of other things going on, childcare at home, things like that. And I think people are feeling burnt out by that. And I think work is taking some of the brunt of that. So if companies are asking people to go into the office, it's psychologically could be pretty difficult for people who are feeling burnt out and feeling like they need to, to be using their time in different ways right now from a mental health standpoint. So all of that is, is important to watch. And then the third thing that you mentioned was the e-commerce thing, which I thought was really interesting as well. Because on the e-commerce side, this is an area where in that 2010 to 2020 timeframe, when companies were being founded heavily, a lot of them were e-commerce companies because this was an area of high growth and you could start and just sell things online. But what Etsy was saying about having 10,000 brands out there and how is the consumer going to be able to remember 10,000 brands, that kind of resonated with me. And then if you factor in as well that these are venture-backed startups, a lot of them, they haven't necessarily been operating in a return on invested capital focused way. 10 years on, we're getting to the point where some of these companies may be starting to falter more. And so if Etsy is pointing out a reckoning, this is an area, yeah, I could see startup clouds gathering for sure. I haven't been following it very closely, but it's something that bears watching. 
and many of these companies have IPO'd in the last 24 months. So there are companies I'm sure that people listening to this podcast own may be dealing with difficult times. There's a lot to unpack there, but what I also noticed uh, this week was about TikTok. Four or five speakers, I think it was the Code Conference, talking very much about TikTok. It seems like TikTok has shaken up a bit the U.S. entertainment scene. And some of their quotes that we saw are very aggressive. Some people don't even want TikTok to be allowed to operate in the So it made me think a little bit about if this is what our CEOs of these companies are th- thinking about TikTok, they endlessly focus on how to stop TikTok. I think this is from Snap CEO. They envy the amount of investment that TikTok had to, as its outlet to, to get into, to do a customer acquisition around the world. And no startup could match up to them. And now they've grown, they're at scale, they're threatening Facebook, spending endless amounts of time and money trying to catch up. So I think it's a an interesting aspect to follow in terms of what impact TikTok has on, say, companies like YouTube, Google, and all this kind of stuff. I think it's some weeks ago that we noticed that a lot of searches, was it uh, Google, a senior executive at Google was talking about search is beginning inside TikTok now. So that's a little bit of a threat to Google as a search engine that is dominant in this space, and especially for e-commerce products. Anything you want to add yourself before? Yeah, on the TikTok side, I think just one of the most important of the block of quotes that we pulled out was the one from Snap CEO talking about the amount of investment that TikTok was able to make into user growth. And I think the most important part of that to me was that it was Snap talking. It wasn't Facebook, which Facebook has a lot of millennial users in Instagram and a lot of baby boomer users in the Facebook platform. But Snap, actually their core user is that Gen Z user which they're competing with TikTok for. And so for staff to feel like they're on their heels and having a tough time fighting TikTok speaks to the power of TikTok, I think. So again, it is like a foreign company to the Western world as a Chinese-owned company. It's, there's, I'm sure there's xenophobia in there, but it's also something that they are able to operate at a different level than our, our traditional social media companies are. So it's something tough to compete with. Yeah. What's clear though is that TikTok is causing sleepless nights on a lot of think tech executives' minds, I would say. So a couple of really nice quotes, especially in the nuggets of wisdom section about Disney and Twitter, that would be nice for our listeners to check out. Uh, before we go, Scott, it would be nice to say a little, uh, maybe a little something about the new initiative that we have this week on including notes from the editor in our newsletter. Yeah, this is a new feature launch for us that we're really excited about that for premium subscribers, we are now including a link to a Google Doc that includes not only the newsletter, but then also a column of comments on the side of important areas within the newsletter and putting additional context around it. So some of the insights that we've been talking about on the podcast, we'll actually be able to just put them straight into the newsletter now in a way that the newsletter will read. And then investment catalysts, what a quote may mean for individual companies or industries will have in a margin doubt now for our premium subscribers. And so hopefully premium subscribers will be able to use this feature to actually make investments. So we'll keep building that out. Our goal is to provide catalysts, provide ways to help you invest better. And so this is a feature that is new in trying to help that happen. Yes, and please welcome, welcome your comments here. We also allow enable just below that. You can chat with us. You can leave us some questions and comments. If you, if there are a couple of quotes that you would want us to maybe highlight 
and explain why we chose those quotes to be in the newsletter for that week, please let us know also. We welcome feedback. We really want to keep growing and to keep giving you the best insights from earnings calls. So on that note, we close for this week. See you again next week.